Folks, welcome back to Surprise Mechanics, the only podcast about video games. I'm your co-host, Roman Butel, and joining me, as always, is Michael Jones. Greetings, gamer. I see you. Greetings, gamer. I see you. And joining us once again, we have Sergey Vitlin. Hi, Sergey. Welcome back. Greetings, gamers. I see you. There we go. He's getting into it. I like that. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, bud. Uh, we're here today to talk about Celeste. But before we do that, I have an important update for you both. All oh. right, let's br- bring it. I have seen the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old. Oh, uh, did you go to the beach? Ask Are you old anything. now, Roman? I went to the old beach. I'm old, but only on the inside. Everything hurts. Uh, my tummy's just constantly in a in a state of distress. Just turning, uh, always basically turning. Basically the same. Basically kind of the same as before I went to the old beach. Uh, but ask me anything. What do you know? What do you want to know about M. Night's newest uh, an, an newest uh, 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 movie? I was trying to think of a better uh, way to describe it. <laughs> you mean film? Um, film. Well, I, I have a, I have an important question. If Benjamin Button went to the old beach, what would happen? Well, mm, that's a good question, Michael. Uh, my guess would be the same thing, just faster. That sounds yes. fair. It gets younger and younger until like just kind of like disappears. Yeah, it'd be a little baby. Um, my question is kind of a big spoiler. Were they actually old or was that just a lie? No, they were actually old. Um, I will say, so I don't want to, we'll get into spoilers for the game we're talking about today, but I don't want to spoil old because it is so, that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) And it is so new. It it turns out that, uh, that beach is actually just like right underneath the hole in the ozone layer. So the, the sun is aging everybody rapidly. Yeah, that's all it is. (laughs) Uh, Wait, is that uh, really what it is? No, no. No. (laughs) It's, it's, I actually kind of like the movie. Um, and, um, they, they never explain why the beach does what it does, uh, but there is a pretty solid M. Night twist at the end. Uh, the movie's a little too long, but then uh, the last half hour gets really good again. So it was a weird, like, I was kind of ready for it to be over, and then I was like, wait, never mind. Like, keep keep going old. I want to I see what where this goes. So it, it never got old? It did get a little old, but then it got young again. Uh, and... Uh, I was thinking about M. Night and M. Night's body of work, and I, I, I realized, you know, there's a couple years there where he kind of went off the rails, right? I think the general consensus is M. Night had a, a few duds, but I feel like he's kind of found his way again. The last three or four M. Night movies I've, I've really enjoyed, uh, and I didn't realize until seeing this movie that M. Night is like a director I would say I do like, because it feels like he kind of went back to the drawing board, so to speak, and said, like, what do people like about my movies? What is an M. Night Shyamalan movie? And kind of went back to his roots. And you know who I think could learn from that? Is Christopher Nolan. I think Christopher <laughs> Nolan could go really, on. Like, I think he could stop huffing farts so much and just go, like, what is, like, the thing that makes my movie good? And why do I feel the need to put so many things on top of the thing? You know what I mean? Got to layer it for for the dreams and and all of the the subtext that's just so I can't I can't even finish that I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like okay, Memento, pretty good. Uh, movie goes backwards. Dude has no memory. Great. There's your thing. That's it. Uh, Batman. This freak thinks he's a bat. What? And then it's Tenet, and it's like I I couldn't even tell it. Did you both see Tenet? No. It's no, real. I'm not cool enough. It's it's not good. It's not a good movie, partially because there's just too many things. Uh, 
So I think uh, M. Night should uh, take Christopher Nolan under his wing and make him his <laughs> ward and teach him how to make good movies again. The dream collab we can only hope to see in the future. That would actually be awesome. M. Night featuring Christopher Nolan, a, a, a dual joint coming soon to a theater near you. It'll be a, a, a pretty well-written thriller with like so-so dialogue with some really great twists and audio mixed so low you will not be able to hear a single word anyone's saying. It's the twist. <laughs> That's the twist. The twist is uh, you just have to turn up the volume. Leonardo DiCaprio is just like whispering the entire movie. The twist is night mode. <laughs> night mode. <laughs> you gotta turn on night mode. Twist is that M. Night and, and Christopher Nolan have been playing the, the leads the entire time. They're just like made up like Carl Havoc. <laughs> you know, uh, it actually reminds me of old, you know, M. Night always has a, a, a cameo in all of his movies. This is his biggest one yet. This is, uh, he's like straight up a very uh, important character. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you can call it a, a cameo, to be honest. I think it's just he straight up gave himself a role, which is fine. You know, I have no problem with that. Uh, M. Night Tarantino'd. He's the beach. I will spoil that. He is the beach. <laughs> he's a giant uh, celestial being that like the beach is on his back, right? As he's soaring through the cosmos. It's awesome. So, like at the end of the film, like the camera just like pulls away from this like, like aerial shot. And you see like M. Night's body is just the beach. Mm-hmm. That's you just exactly couldn't it. see it this entire time because we were so close on the beach. Yeah, you nailed it. That guy was oh, in wow. makeup for 20 hours a day, you know, and they only had one hour of filming because they had to make him look like a beach. Yeah. yeah, he insisted on being there every day. He wanted it all to be practical. He had to lie down perfectly still and still direct the film from just mm-hmm. being rigid. Yeah, he passed out at least four times, I read, just because he was like insisting on not breathing either. And they're like, I'm not, you, ha- you have to breathe. We can cover it with waves. We'll cover you with water, but you need to breathe. And he's like, no, you'll see, you'll see my, my body move. It's a good movie. It's a good really movie. Really dedicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was committed. Well, if you both don't have any more old questions, we can move on to video games. <laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. You don't, are you sure? <laughs> uh, I can try to contain the temptation for now. Okay. Michael, how about you? Did they build a sand castle? Yes, they did for real. Oh, good. Damn it. Very good. <laughs> Yeah, Sir gets pissed. <laughs> Not because of the spoiler, it's because he hates sandcastles. Yeah. So another we're here one, today. another another sandcastle in our midst. What a shame. <laughs> it's actually based on a graphic novel called Sandcastle. That's not a joke. Oh, oh. okay. We're, huh. we're going through some deep cuts here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're here today to talk about Celeste, which is a video game, and Sergey, you specifically requested we do this. And I said, fine, only if you come on. So not to put you on the spot here, but uh, why did you want to talk about this game? Or why did you want us to talk about this game, I guess? Sure, sure. So, you know, I just I just always need to to worm my way into the spotlight, of course. So um, <laughs> no, no, you guys uh, you guys mentioned it in your uh, what what episode was that? It was a couple episodes ago. Um, Michael, someone's guys- listening. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys were you guys were just talking about um, it was just kind of like a uh, not throwaway, but just kind of like a conversation starter. Like it, it was either the uh, it was either the combo pack episode or the media consumption episode, and you guys were like, "Oh, let us know if uh, 
been looking at Celeste. Let us know if we should uh, do an episode on that. So, of course, you know, I hopped on the Twitter and was like, Roman, you have to do an episode about Celeste. It's amazing. Um, this is one of my, it, it, this, you know, it did come out a few years ago at this point, but um, this is probably one of my, this is in my, um, uh, definitely in my top 10 all time. No questions asked. It might, it might crack the top five, but you know, my Whoa. taste kind of change a lot but no i absolutely love this game i i champion it so i'm just excited to talk with someone about it yeah and, and so mike you know we had both never played this correct you had not played it until this episode uh right i, I actually just started playing it recently uh for this episode and what did we all play it on just out of curiosity i played on pc uh but i i used the controller uh because mm-hmm. i felt like that was the optimal way to play the game i tried with keyboard at first but um it just i don't know something about that didn't feel as right so i went with controller on pc how about you sergey yeah. uh, same that- thing um the uh you know it's it's not a lot of buttons to press but um i think for me it's mostly the fact that you're you have a grab that you can use to to climb walls and the fact that that's on trigger for controller just made it so much more intuitive to use than if I was, you know, having to mess around with it on a keyboard. Right. Yeah. I could imagine I played it on switch and I could imagine, um, keyboard could be hard because, uh, it's actually, this is the kind of game where I would naturally want to play with the D pad. And it was actually kind of hard to play with the D pad. It definitely, you have to play with a control stick. I feel so, uh, yeah, I could imagine keyboard is tough, especially the climbing. Uh, it's interesting that, um, you uh that you prefer the stick over the d-pad why is that just because i think the like mostly it's for the diagonal boosting oh i Uh, see i felt like the movement wasn't as precise with the d-pad but then the problem i ran into with the control stick was uh i would be accidentally pressing diagonal (laughs) when i meant to press just like left or right (laughs) so i would kind of go back and forth between the two All right, folks, here's your first and only friendly warning that spoilers are ahead. If you don't want to know the plot beats, characters, user experience, the buzz of the biz, and of course the mechanics, then we recommend playing the game how you'd like. But if that doesn't bother you, then let's jump in. Let's go. Okay, folks, welcome to the suite where we talk about the things we liked or loved about Celeste. Uh, Who wants to get us started? Not me. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Michael, it's all you. Not Sergey. Um... (laughs) I, I think out of the gate, uh, the first thing that I want to talk about with this game is the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I love the soundtrack to Celeste. Um, I, I booted this game up and like it immediately starts uh, with its presentation. There's like it, it doesn't wait at all. And um, loading up for the first time, seeing that title screen, hearing you know, the very beautiful ambient music on piano. And then that prologue sequence with, again, very light music until you reach the bridge. And then the music just ramps up and it's just this this bed of synthesizers. And uh, it's all very, very like arpeggiated and uh, whimsical and just uh, it. It, it has this like feel to it that is absolutely wonderful. I love listening to this soundtrack so much and I immediately added it to my music library. Um, it is just 
very enjoyable and I, I love the the qualities of the melody the 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 rhythm every level has kind of surprised me with its music quality um and i just don't get tired of the music whatever like whenever i'm playing the game the, this game is a very difficult game to kind of give a little bit of context for anybody who doesn't know about celeste so there's a lot of trial and error and one of the like most essential things for a game when you are just you know kind of stuck in a loop on a level trying to overcome a challenge uh is the music if if the music isn't like perfectly uh written if, if the music just isn't right then i believe that would bring the entire experience down but the music in this game is so wonderful that i just don't mind listening to it on loop for a very long time and uh, that definitely helped with overcoming a lot of those challenges because that music kind of carries you through the game. It's very like positive and uplifting in its feel, even if some parts are a little mysterious. Um, and that quality combined with just trying over and over and over again uh, kept the game interesting to me. I, I did not feel like the music ever overstayed its welcome. And uh, I have to give props to Lena Rain, the composer, for just making an amazing hour, uh, almost two hours of music that uh, I think I'm going to listen to long after I beat this game and I'm done with it because uh, it's just so enjoyable. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, that, it's my favorite part of the game, to be honest. I was I was going <laughs> to depending on when it came up, I was just going to ask uh, at what point, Mike, you wanted to talk about the soundtrack. <laughs> so, <laughs> I agree. It's, I've been listening to it on Spotify. Um, it, it's a banger. Uh, it's yeah. so good. And uh, the composer killed it. Uh, she did a really great job. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it immediately went into my music library. No questions. Oh, yeah. no, it's it's absolutely wonderful. It's it's a very cohesive soundtrack. Um, I believe the like there's not like all of the different tracks are very unique, but then there's also a lot like a lot of the instrumentation is not minimal, but a lot of tracks reuse different instruments. Like there's this one like kind of detuned like sort of not haunting, but this is like detuned synth that kind of makes its way through all the songs. You have like the mainstay of the piano. I think it's called a, uh, a light motif. Like when you, mm -hmm. when you reuse different melodies throughout a, a, like a album or, you know, a project. Uh, so this, it, so this game does a really good job of giving these like little callback sections in the soundtrack. Um, and, you know, fun, fun fact, actually, uh, Lena Rain, fantastic composer. Uh, she actually did the uh, all of the new music for um, the last major Minecraft update when they made all those changes to the nether and stuff. Like all of the new tracks are from her. So, wow. Yeah, if you like That's some of the big. new Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh yeah, and then you have um uh not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but then you also have an entire B-side album that's all remixes of tracks from all kinds of uh different artists as well. So a lot of variety here. Yeah, I just began playing the B-sides and um, I, I noticed that after reaching the summit and, and going through the credits that those people are also credited for their remix work. 
and uh, I'm I've only done one B side so far, and I, I plan to continue. But uh, that was like a, a really interesting twist on like optional, more difficult levels. Well, let's get someone in to remix this song. And that kind of becomes the the glue for this optional stage. And that's a really interesting way to bring other people into the mix. And and, and Sergey, you mentioned the the, the motifs uh, in, in the, the melody. And I, I absolutely agree. There's a wonderful section of the game where you are near the summit. And it's kind of like a not really a boss rush, but a... I mean, I guess you could consider the levels of these this game bosses in of themselves because uh, the the game design is brutal at times. It, it can be very challenging, uh, but it, it it rushes through the kind of the gist of the major areas of the game. There's uh, six chapters before you reach the summit, so you kind of get a you get a little bit of a um, collage of all of the places that you have been to prior to this climb and kind of see the progress you've made all the way through this this mountain climb and along with that the music comes with you you get little snippets of the uh the tracks from each of those stages with uh their melodies built into it so uh seeing those motifs recurring in the soundtrack just really enhances that that mood that wow i started here and then i you know i climbed up here and then this this journey has been just like um ever progressing through and you you see that you still have so much to go but then it it really makes you kind of look backward as well and see how far you've come in this mountain climb which is very beautiful sort of going off of that with the music i think that this game um kind of what what you said uh mike about looking backwards this game has i'm i'm a little conflicted about this which i will get into detail later but this game does a phenomenal job of marrying its its like core message uh with its actual gameplay um, which I think is really cool. I think in a nutshell, this game is just about a perseverance, but also just kind of mm, like mental health, uh, maybe not awareness, mental health awareness. I think that's a very strong message in this game. Um, just, you know, about overcoming these insane obstacles, uh, the support that people need along the way, um, the fact that things in life sometimes just seem impossible, you know, they'll never be fixed, but you just got to keep, just got to keep climbing, you know? (laughs) Mm, Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the general tone of this game is, uh, it's, it's delightful, it's heartfelt, but it's always, positive is the best way to put it. Um, because like you're saying, Sergey, it's about, it's a game about like discovering, uh, identity, I suppose, and, uh, reconciling all the different pieces of yourself into one cohesive whole and, and accepting that as who you are. Uh, it's not about trying to fix or cure anything. It's just, you know, uh, acceptance. And, uh, 
the tone of the game, we maybe should talk about the gameplay a little bit. It's a side-scrolling, very, I think it's fair to say it's like a twitchy platformer. It's all about fast reflexes and um, quick decisions and, and puzzle solving. Uh, but the game always has this positive air about itself, and it'll even tell you on load screens, like, don't be ashamed of your kill count. That means you're learning, or your death count, rather. That means you're learning. Uh, and it's always like, keep going, don't worry about it. Like, And even when you die... The game is set up where there's obviously like levels, but each level is a series of screens or boards, whatever you want to call it. And when you die, you just get sent back to the beginning of the screen you're already on. It's not too punishing in that regard. Um, and, and I really liked that because I think if you're uh, going to make me die a whole lot in your game, <laughs> also don't make me feel bad about it, please. It's like a second between you dying and you getting to start again. There's no load screens or anything. Yeah, and there's no load screen there. The load screen's just going into the level. Absolutely. That that is like one of the things I think that does make it good is is that you know this is based around trial and error. It is overcoming you know like very steep challenges, and there are and you're absolutely right when you say puzzle because like sometimes you know approaching uh, trying to like. Trying to pick up a strawberry, which is uh, the the like the prime primary uh, collectible in the game, uh, that really means nothing. I think it was interesting that the game's like, hey, these don't mean anything. It's just mm-hmm. bragging rights, honestly. Um, but get them if you want. The those collectibles have a lot of uh, interesting challenges uh, in order to actually get them, and um, you kind of have to approach each of those challenges like a puzzle, figure out the route through and the timing for everything. And then hopefully you get it and then you've overcome. Um, but then like every time you fail it, the game really is generous and puts you right back to where you started in most rooms. And you, you don't really have to wait too long in order to, uh, to get what you you need at the start you know you don't have to usually go back too far you don't have to you know start from the very beginning of the level it just puts you right there uh did you both find the pico 8 version of the game in the game i did not it's in the hotel level if you want to go find it it's it's yeah you'll you'll find it kind of easily i it's above it's in the laundry room it's like above wherever mr is it oshiro is that his name Mm -hmm. uh -hmm. his office area uh, I might have I might have passed it, but I, I, I did read that it was there in the yeah. game somewhere. I never yeah. found it, though. It's pretty cool because that was that's the original build of the game. I, I was reading about it. And according to the Internet, they created that prototype during a game jam, which they then turned into this game that we are talking about now. And once you find it, it just unlocks on the main menu. So you can just play the Pico 8 version of Celeste. Oh, that's, uh, that's very cool. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I did watch a, a video game donkey uh, a review of the game, and there's a section where he does like find the Pico 8 version, and then he starts playing it, and he's like, wait, why am I playing the game within the game? Yeah, I did that. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> I spent a very long time <laughs> like playing the Pico 8 and then getting frustrated and backing out of it, and, but I was afraid because I didn't know you unlocked it, so I was like, I'm, I'm nervous. If I quit this, I'll, never, I'll have to come all the way back here, but then as soon as you back out, it's like, you can play that on the main menu now, which is cool. Like That's awesome. <laughs> It is absolutely chock full of secrets and addition, like just all kinds of little things to discover. So, you know, as Mike mentioned, you have these strawberries so that they're, you know, like, um, like if you played any new super Mario brothers game, you know, you have those like big coins that are in every level. Um, so there's a lot of strawberries that aren't on the beaten path. You have to break secret walls and then you get, you know, um, 
it, you can kind of think of all of the stages as worlds and then each screen is its own kind of level. So you get all these little secret levels uh, where you can collect, you know, strawberries. Um, you have uh, <clears throat> you have a few other collectibles. You, you can find these uh, cassettes that give you the B-side, the ultra difficult versions of that lev- uh, stage. Um, you can find uh, crystal hearts, which are um, needed for uh, getting some of the late game unlocks. Um, there's the Pico 8 thing. So lots of lots of love and care put into like the nooks and crannies of these levels. It is very much you can just blast through it, but it is also very much a game about exploration too. Um, as funny as that is in like a fast paced platformer like this, there's a lot of secrets. Yeah, and there's seasides too as well, right? Yes. Which that, yeah. I'm gonna be honest, that sounds like a nightmare. I'm never gonna play those. <laughs> they are. Uh, they are the absolute ultimate challenge uh but they're only three screens long because they're so difficult wow that's interesting yeah the other thing i kind of wanted to talk about and this is kind of a broad topic um so i lied a little bit when i said the soundtrack is my favorite part uh it's tied with i just think the overall like intent or messaging of this game is is uh, beautiful frankly um I was reading a lot about it. I found this article that I'll put in the show notes. It was a Medium article written by Maddie Thorson, the creator of the game, uh, and about how in one of the epilogue chapters, uh, it's confirmed that Madeline, the protagonist, is a trans woman. But when they were writing this game, when they first were making it, um, Maddie themselves didn't know that because they were just basically viewing Maddie as a surrogate character for themselves and kind of working through their own um, anxieties through Madeline. And then they realized, Maddie Thorson realized they themselves uh, is also trans. And so it was just this thing where it all kind of clicked into place where Maddie was like, well, of course, Madeline is also trans. <laughs> like, like this is a trans wow. story from yeah. the perspective of a closeted trans person. And it reminded me of the exact same situation that unfolded with uh, The Matrix, actually. The Wachowski sisters in... Uh, interviews have said like of course the matrix is a trans story we were just closeted when we made the matrix and uh i think the fact that it is so accessible for for everyone um while still being at its core a a trans story is really beautiful um and in the medium post that i'll share um something maddie said that i thought was interesting was uh some people push back on it of course which i don't think we even need to pay those people much attention um and Maddie just said, well, why did you just assume she's cis? Why do you just assume that, you know, hey, what, what's the difference there? Uh, and I just thought that was extremely fucking cool, to be frank. Wow. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of power to that. Um, and, and especially this game's story, like playing through it, there's there's nothing in the main game that really pushes toward that aside from anything that you you, you might just be able to see it in subtext or um, and, and kind of like connecting your own experiences to that of the characters and, and the way they're progressing through this. But, um, the, the, the overall positivity of the story is incredibly heartwarming. So it, it also makes it a great blend with that as well. So it's, um, it, it's one of those things where I was absolutely playing it for the story. These characters are so 
wonderful to spend your time with, even when they're, they're struggling, you, you kind of, you, you absolutely are hopeful that they make it through and they find that inner peace. Um, and I thought it was very interesting how, like at the start, you can definitely tell that Madeline has something that is driving her to climb this mountain. And it, it you know, it, you kind of get into it a little bit later where, where she does open up and talk about how like, you know, work and regular day stuff. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, eh. And I want to climb the mountain as, as a way to just like kind of start an, afresh. And, and, you know, at the, at the outset, like at the very beginning, Theo seems like a, like someone who's got all of this stuff together and, you know, just kind of like hanging out, chilling and naturally he just kind of pushes you forward. You know, I, I, I found the, the dialogue between Theo and Madeline very fun and, um, whenever, whenever, you know, talking between the two, Theo was always like, well, you know, I'm pretty sure you'll make it to the summit. I don't know if I will, but I'll give it a shot. You know, just very casually, nonchalant, just, yeah, like Madeline's got this, but even in her own perspective, she doesn't feel like she has, but these people around her are definitely, uh, supporting her and pushing her forward in, uh, the most wholesome way. Um, and that is, I think one of the best highlights of the game is watching these characters interact with each other, especially as they get closer to the summit. Um, and then that moment is just absolutely breathtaking. Um, I will, I will say based on that, um, the, (laughs) the thing about the strawberries not mattering is a lie because yes, you get a picture (laughs) based on how many you have. And if you don't have that money, all of your characters are really sad because they don't get strawberry pie. So absolute lie there. The strawberries are vital. It's a bit of a fib. So the game, yeah, it, it, it starts out by saying that like the strawberries aren't that important. And if, if you're struggling to, to get a strawberry, there's no harm in moving on. There's a lot of strawberries in the game. I think, uh, close to 200, 175 was, I think the, the final number that the game told me that were available. And that's not true. Ooh, there are secrets. There are secrets afoot, and there are more. There are probably more. Um, I I think I got a hundred and ten, maybe hundred and fifteen by the end of the game. There were many rooms where I just I I, I knew what to do. It was a matter of um, just beating my head against a brick wall to make it happen. Um, but eventually, I would. Uh, manage to to hit the buttons in the right sequence at the right timing, and then boom, I got it. Um, but then later on in the game, I it was comforting knowing that there was no pressure to to get those items. The game itself said, "Don't sweat it, you know, do what you can, um, but whatever you do, don't give up. Get to the top of the mountain." Uh, and, and so that I think is an, a very good thing. It does affect the ending. So I think it would drive people to, you know, try to get strawberries once they see that ending and, you know, try for a better one. Um, although like, I don't know, is it, is it, are they, are they very sad? No, I, no, uh, no, I was going to say, they just kind of like, uh, give you some guff. Um, because, and the only reason I know <laughs> that is, and this was the next thing I want to talk about, but you know, feel free to circle back. 
uh, if we want to talk more about what you were saying, Mike, is uh, the assist modes. And um, the assist modes are really nice because this game is so hard and challenging, but also does have like such lovable characters and such a relatable story that uh, I think it's smart they put that in because with assist mode, you can effectively skip the game. And I did jump ahead just to see the final thing. Uh, and I had very few strawberries because this is pretty early on. And they were just like, well, strawberry pie usually has strawberries in it, <laughs> like something along those lines. Uh, so it's not like super, uh, you know, it's not like um, an Undertale uh, <laughs> genocide right. ending. It's not but, like the granny dies if she doesn't right. get her sugar. You right. Know? It's just they're just kind of like, OK, you could okay, do a little good. better probably. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's mostly uh, you get some you get some dialogue, but mostly it's like you get this little, you know, quote unquote family portrait at the end. And uh, they just they just look happier if you have more strawberries. So it it doesn't lock you out of any hidden content (laughs) or anything. It's just that little, you know, hey, good job. Here's here's a pick. I I did manage to get about 110 strawberries. So my ending of the game, uh, all, all the characters were very ecstatic and they even said that you know this is a strawberry pie that'll kill you just like <laughs> twin peaks except it's not a cherry pie um so i i i i really did push to get as many strawberries as i could and i think i only like actively skipped a few uh but it is nice that you know there's no pressure there and even if you know you are determined to get them there there is a way to get it through the assist mode like roman said um and it is kind of neat to have like a few like variable endings like not hugely different but um it is a kind of like a marker for you know you 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 played the game a little bit differently you did a little bit more uh so here is you know a different selfie at the end I agree. I think it's the most agreeable way to do that because you're not really gatekeeping anything. You know what I mean? It just it, right. You, you get a little pat on the back if you did a good job. Yeah. And speaking to the accessibility of the story, you know, I just want to mention real quick since Roman, you've already talked about the assist mode. But yeah, just just wanted to mention that that it's it's there, you know, uh, as again, another uh, way to make the game more accessible. So you have a lot of different options that you can turn on based on, you know, how you want your difficulty to be. So I think there's things like slowing down the speed of the game, giving you more dashes because, um, I, I guess we'll get into the gameplay in a second here, but you essentially just have one dash for most of the game. Um, and that resets whenever you hit the ground. So you get more dashes. Um, you know, I think there's a, invincibility mode you can just straight up walk through the game if you want yeah Yeah. there is so a lot of options there i know you know sure some people may scoff at that but the the whole point of this game you know is for it to uh resonate with as many people as possible so a smart choice that they put that in there absolutely and and we've talked about it before too people who get mad about like difficulty modes or whatever it's just kind of silly right I, I watched a game maker's toolkit video about the assist mode in Celeste. And, and in that video, he also featured a lot of other games that do uh, assist modes or, or whatever other uh, name they may have for that in those other games. And um, I, I definitely have uh, I share I kind of share that that opinion that, um, you know, developers have a like singular vision for their game they should absolutely 
build that. But then also, you know, games should be fun and enjoyable. And uh, as a player, you, you, you sometimes you just want to have the experience and uh, not have the stress of a game that you just you cannot overcome. Uh, so those are like two very clashing trains of thought. But uh, the assist mode, I think, is a great middle ground or a great uh, resolution to that where um, there's definitely a way to play the game through the developer's vision. And that's especially apparent here with Celeste. Uh, there is a, a very uh, straightforward and uh, very clear uh, vision that they had for this game and its gameplay. And um, the fact that it is challenging is is part of it. And as Sergey said, that ties into the narrative, that ties into our characters and uh, their development. So there is uh, a part of that where you yourself are also growing through this experience because how many times did you die trying to get the strawberry? It, the game will tell you at the end of the level for sure. <laughs> but, you know, you, you die and you try again, you die and you try again, you die and you try again. And eventually you do it and then boom, you feel like you've accomplished something because that was difficult. It's a similar feeling that like Dark Souls or Bloodborne provides where there's this monumental challenge before you. But despite all of your failures, eventually you do overcome. And that has so much more of a reward than kind of just walking through the game. But then, you know, there are times where you do just want to enjoy the story. There are times where you do just want to see what happens next with the characters that, you know, you've, you've fallen in love with and, and want to see them, uh, you know, move on to that next stage. Uh, so there's a way to do that too. The game isn't going to stop you from enjoying it. Uh, whatever your enjoyment means, uh, it, it's totally valid. And, and they give you that option. When with that video from Game Maker's Toolkit is um, also the, the mention of communication, that these modes are very clearly communicated to you know, help you out. It's, it's not the, the ideal vision of the developer, but they also don't want you to you know, miss out on these things that they've built. So here is uh, a set of tools in order to, you know, let you enjoy the game however you please, because that also is important and just as important as that vision. Right. Well said. Well said. Okay. So we, we, we talked about this, uh, the steam page calls it a super tight platformer. Um, <clears throat> so this is one of those games. If you've, if you've ever played, have you guys ever heard of, I want to be the guy. Mm -mm. yes i have played i have played i want to be the guy and i've gotten to like i got to mike tyson and i think that's as far as i got what is this game <laughs> that that game is like uh a super hard platformer to the point of being unfair um i think celeste is a lot more fair in its difficulty but i'm just trying to think of some classic like ultra hard platformers you have that if you ever if you guys have ever uh played super meat boy um it's it's very similar to that very fast paced very precise um you very simple controls too you have a move uh you can move jump uh you have a dash an eight-way directional dash and you can grab onto walls and you have you can't do that for too long um yeah you have stamina essentially it's kind of like breath of the wild where you can climb or hold on for a little bit but then once 
and its stamina runs out and there's like an invisible meter you'll notice when madeline starts like flashing red uh she'll start sliding down and eventually fall yeah so the so it's it's this very simple core design that just you know balloons outward into all of these different uh stage gimmicks and hazards every stage um so there's a lot of stuff in this game that will reset your dash. Uh, anytime you hit the ground, uh, if you hit a spring, you know, um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of the, um, stage mechanics, uh, they always reset your dash, your dash. And the devs do this amazing job of one building upon those things in every level. And two, um, you know, I don't exactly know the name for this, but when you're playing, when you're playing games, um, you know, you always want the developer to introduce you to a new mechanic, uh, in a safe situation, right? So they want to, exp so for example, in the first stage, uh, there are these, uh, traffic lights on conveyor belts that as soon as you land on them, they shoot you in a direction and the momentum carries you to a higher jump but the first time they introduce it it's under very safe terms so you can stay on that screen you know kind of mess with the physics and the timing of it uh before you move on and then in a couple later screens now you're dealing with those traffic lights but now you got spike pits but it's never presented in a way to uh punish you or kind of like laugh at you it's always done in a safe way and then they ramp it up throughout the level so they're constantly building on their own mechanics uh in the stages themselves as well yeah i think a great example of that like to, to build on that because they do that several times throughout the game and each stage has like a kind of a, a gimmick to it not not too dissimilar from how you know nintendo designs mario where there's, um, you know, kind of a central motif of the stage and then they iterate upon that and continue to iterate upon it with more and more challenging obstacles. But that first one is always safe. It, it always gives you enough time to experiment. And uh, there is a chapter, uh, I think maybe like four or five. It's it's in inside the mirror temple where um, for like for a very good portion of a the stage, there are these like alien monster things that are chasing after you and you have to avoid them as well as overcome these platforming challenges which is incredibly difficult because this thing is charging after you and if it if it touches you you're dead uh, but the way that they introduce these um, monsters is in something of a dream sequence you play as one so you get to uh, move around and get the the feel for how this thing moves and then also it can break certain types of blocks, but it also cannot pass through other types of blocks. So immediately the game puts you into the mind of this monster and lets you understand how it works. And then now you have to run out and get out of the cave, but these things are chasing you and you have to avoid them. But you know exactly how they work now because you were one a minute ago. What was this game again? That sounds cool. Oh, this is this isn't Celeste. Oh, I didn't even get that far. Uh, they didn't make it to the mirror <laughs> temple. No. And I'll I'll say why in the back half. That sounds cool, though. Yeah, there's a level where you have to avoid uh, the floaty monster things that are trying to chomp you. 
And um, the way that they introduce it is you play as one for a very brief moment. And that really gives you, I think, the the best um, information because now you know exactly how it functions and you know exactly what to do to avoid it. Uh, Meanwhile, um, it, it also shows the simplicity like, hey, these things can break these kinds of blocks, but they cannot pass through these types. So, you mm, know, when you're better. safe and when you're not, um, it, it's a very interesting way to introduce that, that, you know, safety as well as um, it does with the other mechanics in the game uh, throughout each level. Because there are a lot of fun little variations, like little bubbles that propel you in different directions. And there's a feather that lets you just kind of like free float and zoom around in the air for a limited time um the the power-ups those like those like level gimmick things are very fun uh and whenever whenever you do see them there's like a lot of interesting platforming challenges built around them uh but then learning how they work is always super simple and you're always in a room of like safety where you can experiment and hopefully you know, once you get into those challenges, you'll know exactly how everything works. And uh, the way that they, so the way that it all kind of culminates too is, you know, the uh, so each each stage has its own has its own thing. A couple of them are are similar, um, but still kind of different. Like level four has bubbles that they propel you a little bit in a direction, then you pop out of them. And then the fifth one has red versions, but they just go continuously in a direction. So even though it's similar, they're, they're utilized in very, very different ways. Um, and then all of that sort of culminates in the final level, uh, based, you know, um, without, spoiling too much you essentially get in the second last level you essentially get knocked down all the way to the bottom and you got to climb all the way back up so you go through it's a very powerful through, moment yeah a very powerful moment and and you've seen all of these different mechanics and you're like all right i'm at the last level what could they possibly do to change it up and then you get a second dash that you can use in midair and everything just goes upside down. They've like, it's, it's completely different now. Now that they can incorporate this, this second midair dash, like things just go off the rails in terms of what's possible now. And that is super cool. And that's, um, that, that's a really fun stage. And that's, I kind of like described it as a boss rush rush stage because I mean, there aren't any bosses, but it, it takes you through all of those levels again and you have to revisit those mechanics. So you're sliding on the traffic lights again. You're using the the blue bubbles and the red bubbles and the feathers. And uh, it, it is kind of like a uh, greatest hits compilation with some of the most challenging portions of those stages uh, remixed or um, recontextualized as you climb back up again after falling all the way back to the bottom. Um, this time battling is helping you in your climb and you've kind of, uh, uh, accepted, you know, th- this part of yourself and, uh, now that part of yourself is helping. And even though things are even more challenging, we've, we don't know if we're going to make it to the top, we're going to try anyway. And and so it is a, a very powerful moment because you do go through all that again. Um, you, you don't necessarily like start from stage one and play the game again, you know, note for note. It is um, a like kind of like, you know, here's a little bit here, here's a little bit there, here's a little bit of this stage. 
Um, and then suddenly you're in like the last uh, few screens before you reach the summit. Um, but oh gosh, it was a very cool moment when when that happened. Now you can jump, you can dash twice. Um, and here are all of the things again. Here's these uh, like fun platforming mechanics and uh, in a more challenging way. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it to the top. Like I think that's the the probably the best thing about this game is like the I, that that one piece. We are gonna make it to the top. They do this a lot in some of the B sides, but the 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 last part of the summit starts doing the, at least for me. It starts doing this. It kind of tricks you because there's so many precise jumps where it's like you you think for sure you're not gonna make it. You, you're gonna get hit by spikes, and you just squeeze out barely and it just really puts this image in my head of Madeline just like you know straining her arm like so <laughs> far out trying to catch a ledge and, and you're like almost there it's just very it's, it's just very powerful it, 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 like Indiana Jones I imagine I don't know or, 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 or it's Michael Jordan in like, Space Jam 1 oh I was about to say the very same thing and Sergey got to it first uh, well, no we'd have to get Matt on here to verify that yeah, call him up when his arm stretches out for that last last dunk yeah. Yeah. Can we call him real quick and ask him? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh there are um yeah, there are so many wonderful moments like that. Like it, it is it is the kind of game where like you walk into a room and then like the first thought is this looks impossible. This doesn't look like you can get through it. You know what your move set is. The rules of the game are very simple and very clear. So these challenges like this challenge looks impossible. I don't know what I can do here. But then you know, there is like after maybe trying it a few times, there's like, you know, something clicks, you figure it out. And sometimes that involves like near misses. Um, there was a strawberry room in that ascension um, level where uh, in the hotel section, uh, a strawberry hidden in, uh, a, a, you know, a screen off the beating path. But uh, I spent probably almost an hour trying to get it. Because um, at first I was like, I know what to do, so I should try. And then it just kind of became, you know, stubbornness. Like, you know, I keep dying, but I'm going to get it. Even though this has taken mm -hmm. me an hour, mm -hmm. I'm going to get that strawberry. And um, it was very frustrating, but oh my gosh, it, 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 it was each time, each dash, each jump, I thought was, okay, I'm not going to make it this time. And then eventually there was just one iteration where, you know, I jump. I don't think I'm going to make it. I dash. I don't think I'm going to make it. I do it again. I don't think I'm going to make it. And then before I knew it, I reached the end. I was like, oh, damn, I did it. I finally did it. Oh, shit. And then, you know, pop the champagne. Let's celebrate. I got a strawberry. Yeah. I got one of the hard ones. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the, the mechanics are very clean, very simple. Um, and uh, there's really not too much question about what you can or cannot do. So walking into a room and seeing what lies before you, it already kind of gets the gears in your brain turning for how to overcome that puzzle and continue on to the next part of the game. Uh, so it, it, it's very solid in that respect. Okay, so real quick, uh, the other thing that I really like too is there is a very deceptive amount of depth to the movement 
in this game. There's there's a lot of tech available that the game it's there the whole time. The game doesn't tell you about some of the things you can do until well into the B sides. Um, but for example, the community has a couple different terms. I'm probably going to get them mixed up, but like you can you can do uh, a dash on the ground into a jump to jump really far. Um, if you dash straight up and right next to a wall and you jump off of it, you do a really far uh, wall jump. Um, you can uh, in the in the second level. There are these cubes that kind of shoot you forward in a direction that you dash into them. And if you jump going right out of it, you get a lot of extra distance. And that stuff becomes integral to doing some of the B-sides later. But also in terms of like the speedrunning community, there are so many available strategies for using those advanced moves in, you know, as early as the first level. So just that that deceptive complexity is amazing to me yeah that's interesting i didn't know any of that (laughs) mike i I know that you're familiar with speed running but um there are some really good speed runs of this game uh if you if you all are familiar with taskbot uh taskbot has a lot of really really good runs of this game just like stuff that's impossible for humans to do and you just watch it all come together and it's just mind-boggling yeah yeah, I've seen um, there. I haven't watched any yet, but I have seen like on YouTube, there is uh, like no death uh, runs and then a variety of others where it's like get all the strawberries or just beat the game. Um, and this game has built in like speed running uh, data for you. It, it, it It's begging for it. Right. Um, and I think that's a very cool thing uh, to implement into the game so that. You know, there's a timer, there's a mode for it, and uh, it is uh, a nice inclusion, and and it really adds to the replayability of the game if speedrunning is uh, something that you enjoy to do with games. Um, so it is a uh, a thing I think I'm going to check out. I'm going to definitely hop on YouTube later and watch one of those runs just to see how uh, in, intense and crazy that is, because <laughs> I cannot imagine uh, making it from the prologue to the summit without ever dying once in this game. Uh, That is definitely something that I cannot do. So I will watch somebody else do it. Well, on that note, why don't we move on to this hour? All right, folks, welcome to the sour. We talk about the things we didn't like or love as much about Celeste. Um, So I just want to start this by saying, I have been aware of Celeste since it was announced, and I've kind of had it on my radar since it launched on in 2018, but I never played it because everything about it that I saw, as far as the gameplay goes, uh, just seemed like it was not a game for me. And sadly, that instinct was confirmed after about 20 minutes. I was just playing this game and I was like, this is objectively good. And I want to make that clear, like for everything I'm about to talk about, it's objectively a good game. Um, Clearly you both resonated and liked it a lot more than I did. So I'm the minority here. It's just not for me. Uh, This is, it's, it's really, really hard in a way I don't find super satisfying. And uh, before the capital G gamers get mad at me, um, (laughs) I like hard games. Like I don't, I have no problem with that. I'm actually, I've also been playing Slay the Spire while I'm playing this game. And that game is really hard just in a different way. It just tickles my brain differently than this. Um, Like you just mentioned, Sergey, all that technical stuff. I didn't even know you could do in the game. That just is not going to do a lot for me. Um, I think it's cool that 
you can. And I would love to watch one of those speedrun videos because like you said, Mike, it's cool to watch someone do a thing I can't. It's like it's our Olympics, right? <laughs> it's like I there's no way I can do that. So it'd be cool to see. Uh it's just I just did not I'm not gonna finish this game, to be honest. Um I, I'm there is there is an assist mode and there's no shame in turning that on. I know. And I did and I walked <laughs> to the ending. <laughs> But I, but I was like, I want to like still try it a little more. So I did. And I've been pucking my way through. And um, I <laughs> this game, it makes me very angry. And I don't like being angry when I play games. So I don't want to play it anymore. Uh, I just beat the hotel level. And the hotel level was like making a believer out of me until like a certain point where for me, I felt like all the levels were just a little too long that I've played. But again, that probably just comes with I'm not like loving it as much. So um uh, like we kind of talked about at the beginning, the controls, they, they are super precise, but there's just something off about them to me. And I think it's because uh, I do feel like I should use the control stick and maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just stick with the D-pad and get good at those diagonal movements with the D-pad. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm fully willing to accept any and all of these complaints are user error. One little question for you. Did you use the uh, Joy-Con or did you use the Pro Controller for the Switch? I use the pro controller because I'm a, a video game professional. Excellent. Um, I <laughs> honestly, I, I use the PlayStation four controller and I, 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 I don't disagree with you on the, the controls and in, in, in a sense, cause I also had a lot of moments that were like quite frustrating. And I, I, I really think it boils down in my case to the controller. I mean, sometimes it's likely user error. However, um, I don't like the D-pad on the DualShock 4. I think the D-pad on the PS4 oh, okay. controller is garbage. And this game has confirmed my belief of that. <laughs> um, where um, I think the, the Switch Pro controller has a better D-pad. And I probably should have rigged that up on my PC to play this game instead. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Steam just reads it as an Xbox controller. So right. it's all pretty native. Um, but the, I, I switched between control stick and D pad because one, there are a few rooms that really made my hands hurt. Um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah. two, I would have kind of mixed degrees of success where sometimes I would do just fine with the, the control stick. Sometimes I would have to switch to the D pad or back and forth. And, um, there were plenty of moments, like, again, I described that one room in the, uh, the Ascension, like the last chapter for this reaching the summit. Um, and there was a strawberry room and I probably spent an hour in there. And the reason why I spent an hour in there is because I made it to the end of the, the puzzle so many times when, and I wanted to dash to left, but I kept dashing up left and into mm -hmm. instant death. Um, and then it was Ooh. a challenge of just like starting all over again and getting to the strawberry and then getting to the spring and then getting back to safe ground. And each step had some kind of hazard that um, it, it, it was like looping around in a big room without ever touching the ground. And um, if the game read a diagonal jump instead of an up or a left or a right, then it was a botched run so i i feel like it was the d-pad because there are times where i'm not sure if the game just like i don't i don't think it's that inaccurate or there's like a super amount of input lag or anything like that it felt very tight uh so that's why i feel more like i'm you know blaming the controller or myself um but yeah i i definitely felt that frustration in a few places and um 
there is an option in assist mode to turn on a uh, a jump uh, directional arrow, so like you know exactly what you're going to get mm. when you jump, which is a nice feature. Um, so if you're if you're trying to do this game and you just you know you don't know which way you're going to go because the D-pad on your PS4 controller is doo doo garbage then you can turn that on and you'll know exactly are you going left or are you going up left or are you just going up um because sometimes i don't know d-pads can be pretty weird and i think they are often overlooked by uh companies when they're developing their hardware i'm gonna make a video of a no death run where i just turn on invincibility and run through the level and it's gonna be the most downvoted youtube video on gaming youtube it's probably a category <laughs> honestly it's probably already a category <laughs> we did that uh for game time funny uh, years ago i made a prey speed run where i just jumped into the helicopter blade after like a minute <laughs> and it is it's our both our most watched i'm pretty sure and the most downvoted <laughs> It's like a uh, speedrun video. It's like 15 seconds. What do they expect? Yeah, <laughs> right. And then I, it ended with me uninstalling the game. <laughs> it's like Far Cry 4 speedrun, but it's only 15 minutes. You think they actually played the game or they just waited for the ending? They just wait. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I kind of know what you guys mean about the the dropped or missed inputs on controller. Um yeah, I, I don't really know. Uh, I can't really comment on it more than that just because it's always in these like super feverish moments. So I'm sure there's there's times I swore I held down the right button. It didn't work. So I don't know. Um, I did play almost exclusively on D-pad when I first picked it up, um, but I always switched to stick whenever I got one of the feathers just because the fact that you have the, the 360 degree movement um, it made it just made it so much easier to navigate. Yeah, I I could not operate the feather without the without the analog stick. I felt yeah. that was like the yeah. optimal way. But then there are some areas with it where it's like I have to switch between the D pad and the analog yeah. stick on a like on a lightning speed pace, and uh, that is challenging. There were a few rooms where I I definitely considered like okay, I got to do this jump, this dash, this jump, this dash, and then I have to switch to the analog stick to do this, and then switch back to the D pad to do that because. It just felt more natural or correct because, you know, with with the analog stick, you also run into that issue of am I getting a diagonal or am I getting a, you know, a direct left or up? Right. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, sometimes I could definitely nail that jump and that dash every single time with analog stick or with the D pad, but not vice versa. And so now I'm thinking, do I you know, try to factor in switching between those things into my gameplay or <laughs> do I need to like choose one and stick to it? Um, because, you know, trying to switch between those two things, it's like a fraction of a second, but still like fraction of a second means everything in this game. If you're not playing with assist mode. Right. Um, my biggest criticism of this my most sour thing of this game is uh, a little hard to articulate and i might sound like i'm flip-flopping when i say this but just uh just just hear me out here i think that at its core um i think that the game's highest levels of difficulty are really start to be at odds with the message of the game um now it, it's 
it's hard for me to accuse the game of that because the game's message is about, you know, overcoming these impossible odds, taking a break when you need to, you know, just, just chipping it away, chipping away at it. So part of that is just, you know, my own user error. Um, but I think there's a little bit of, um, grounds for that with like what you were saying, Roman, like, um, you know, and that's a different level for, for every person. But for me, I think the game goes too far with what it allows you to do. So to elaborate on that, um, you have the main game, then you have the super duper challenging B sides, and then you have the ridiculously difficult C sides and all of that stuff, you know, okay, whatever you can, you can complete it. But the amount of, the amount of stress that I went through trying to do some of those, like, like summit B side, I think I died just shy of a thousand times doing that level first time. Um, and then beyond that, now you have, you get these golden strawberry challenges that get introduced, which are an additional collectible that you get only if you go through the entire level start to finish without dying once. Impossible. Yeah, no thanks. We're talking about <laughs> videos on YouTube. I watched the other day, I watched the world first 100% deathless. They went through every single level without dying, like all the B-sides and stuff too. That's impressive. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is though, for most people, I think it's it's contradictory. Yes, you have the assist mode. Yes, you can just quit the game and pick it back up again. But for a lot of people, I think it's just the level of possible frustration that's in this game just sort of outweighs all of the checks and balances they put in to try to like prevent that. And maybe that's just my opinion, but that is my biggest problem with this game in a weird roundabout way. It's too hard for what it's trying for the message it's trying to give you. No, I agree with that because even I am that person. I was getting very angry. And even though the music's great and the game has this like positive vibe, that only gets you so far when you just keep dying over and over again. Yeah, I, I definitely agree <laughs> with you as well, Sergey, because the, like the game really does start out from a place of like it is challenging. And then from there, that 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 the difficulty only, you know, begins to ramp up and it doesn't really stop. So that progression from the beginning to the end to the B sides and the C sides. Um, it's an exponential curve of difficulty and there is, you know, a point I think where the difficulty of the game kind of overshoots that, you know, uh, theme of overcoming oneself and, you know, kind of like overcoming these challenges in your life. So it, then it gets really frustrating and then you're not really sure if you're resonating with the theme anymore. Um, right. So there's this level of, um, well, yeah, I, I realize this is player error and you know, I'm making mistakes with the game. However, you designed this level like this. Are you, why are you being so mean to me? Yeah. What did I do to you? <laughs> At the time of recording, I've beaten the game. I've reached the summit and I'm I'm starting the B-sides, but I've already made the determination that I'm going to play through the rest of the game with assist mode on because I've I've had my fill of just 
I, I, it, I died 2000 times in the course of the game, um, to reach the summit. And, um, I could easily add another 2000 if I don't use assist mode, but those 2000 deaths added up to about 10 hours of gameplay. And, um, looking at the remainder of the game, I, I, I do, I do love this game. I, I enjoy spending my time with it, but I don't think I want to spend another 10 hours just trying the B sides. I, I do want to get through them. And uh, I know a lot of that gameplay time is, you know, dying and repeating that loop and, and trying to overcome. So I'm just going to, I, I just want to see it through and, and, and see the story. Cause I know there's more, uh, more of that in the epilogue chapters that I have yet to play. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm here to see where our characters are. And, and that I think has been like the, the primary driving force in this game for me is it starts out like just very charming. And I immediately, you know, latched onto these characters. I think they're interesting and fun and I, I love to see them. I was always the most excited when we got a scene chapter six has a very yeah. long opening scene. I was, I was even thinking, you know, if chapter six is just a cutscene, I'm cool with that. Let's just play a <laughs> cutscene. Um, so I'm going to continue, but I, I want to see the story. Um, platforming games are fun. I, I think they're cool, but, and I think this is one of my favorite platforming games. Um, but there is a, a ceiling on, how much time I can invest in them and just do the trial by error thing until I, you know, run out of steam. And I think I've hit that. So assist mode is a welcome addition. Um, One of the things that I wanted to touch on with a sour is the game does do a good job throughout most of the game to kind of, if you die, you get popped right back into a, a pretty accessible spot to try the challenge before you once again. And usually that's, you know, each like screen is a a room and regardless of where you die in that room, you start at the beginning. So there are a few areas of the game, especially late game, where those screens start scrolling and the rooms get bigger. And especially on that ascension from after plummeting to the bottom of the mountain and trying to climb it again, there are so many rooms that are huge, just massive, where, you know, I I started out out on part one of this platforming puzzle and, you know, I die and try and I die and I try and I die and I try. But I finally overcome it to get to a part where the camera scrolls over and here's more platforming puzzle, but I haven't been able to see that before. I can't account for it. I cannot plan for it until it is there. And then I have to make Twitch reactions. And I, I, I don't know immediately what to do because I couldn't see it before. I have to react on the fly. And then if I die, it puts me all the way back at the beginning and I then have to go through that earlier part again, which I may or may not have mastered. It could have been a fluke. I could have gotten through by accident. And so I, I kind of struggled with these sections a lot where the camera's panning and the, these stages are getting larger because you would get through say 90% of the, the, the puzzle, but then you get to the end where I didn't see this thing before. I physically could not see it. I could not practice it. So, and, and there's, and there's no moment of reprieve. There's no like solid footing that you can stand on 
and like just kind of take it in. You have to either go for it or die. So um, it, it really was a matter of, you know, I, I've kind of mastered like the first half of this room, but the second half I can't see it. And sometimes I just can't even get to it in order to practice it. And, and so then I'm just kind of stuck in this loop of doing the first half of this room over and over again to try to get to the other half, which I'm trying to practice so that I can get to the next stage. But again, like getting there and then having the opportunity to practice that section is in of itself a challenge and it then kind of feeds into that frustration. Um, a few more checkpoints or like just some solid footing so that I can, you know, take in the areas that I could not physically see before. Um, you know, and, and that gives me the ability to then, you know, give it a shot, um, would be nice. But, um, when, when the camera started scrolling, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's more to this room. This room will not stop. <laughs> and I, 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 at that point I just wanted nothing more than for the room to, you know, give me, give me a safe place to stand so I can take everything in and then I'll give it a shot when I'm ready for it. And then hopefully if I don't make it, the game will put me in a place where, you know, I've already mastered this thing before me. I don't have to do it again, please. Um, which I have a fun story for why I turned on assist mode in the first place. I was on the very last level of the main story. And once you get through that, uh, that like stage rush, uh, section where you're doing all of the different, um, motifs of the chapters before, and you're climbing to the summit again, you eventually reach, uh, the, the closest to the, to the summit you have ever been. And there are many more checkpoints in the stages and they're marked this time by signs with numbers on them, starting with 30. So immediately, you know, that, uh, when you hit the 30 sign that you have 29 more little kind of like puzzles to go before you reach the summit and you're climbing and then you, you know, each time you reach one, it, it does a little like thing and like, okay, now I have it. I've hit a checkpoint. These are some of the hardest uh, areas too in the game uh, before you even reach the B sides or the uh, the the epilogue stuff. And I spent probably two or three hours going from uh, like thirty meters from the summit to one meter from the summit. I was literally there. It was within my reach. I could see it. I could taste it. And then the power in my house cycled, like the lights flashed off and back on. No. My monitor flashed off. My computer didn't turn off. But when my screen came back, the game had crashed. Oh. No. When I loaded the game, I was back to 30 meters from the summit. No. Oh, no. No. How did that, how'd that go for you? It took me three hours to go from 30 meters to one meter. So I said, I'm turning on assist mode. I'm turning on invincibility right. and infinite dashes. Yes. And I'm just floating my way to the top because I just, I just lost three hours of progress. And right. Yeah. You earned it. Yeah, that's I was, brutal. I was so just like, just like 
destroyed oh, by that. Um, <laughs> that uh, I, I have so much secondhand anxiety for you right now because that whole thing, <laughs> just you describing that, I'm like, I don't want to do that at all. The 30 and then to lose it all. I'm like, oh, I've turned on. I turned on invincibility more than once for much less. <laughs> just like <laughs> literally I knew I was at the end of a level and I just like I was like, I, I'm just going to walk through this. There were <laughs> so many moments prior to that with the game that was like, this seems so totally impossible, but then like I made it through, I somehow like figured it out, made it through and I wasn't slow in my reaction time to, you know, actually manage this. So I I was like, I felt that genuine surge of like, Oh my God, I I accomplishment. I did this. And then, and then that (laughs) moment was, I, I don't know what forces just like ripped it away from me. Um, you know, from, from outside of the game, it was, you know, the the greater world around us that decided like, no, you're starting over. And to that, I said, (laughs) assist mode. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, another thing I wanted to talk about a little bit and, and I, I always kind of struggle to, um, critique this about games because, uh, it feels like, uh, as like. It, this feels like the pinnacle of armchair uh, criticism. I did not like the way this game looked. And really? yeah, the reason I feel bad talking about that is because that's like, obviously it's very easy to say that, but I, I don't make art. I don't make games, right? <laughs> like it's so easy to go, mm, looks like shit, but like <laughs> I couldn't do any of this. Um, and I wouldn't even say it looks like shit. I'm, I'm just, I'm being hyperbolic. Um, I feel like there's like a few different art styles used in the game. There's like this like kind of mid poly 3d, uh, map that you you know navigate to choose your levels. There's some hand drawn stuff which looks really good, and then there's the actual pixel like like low poly pixel art that makes up the gameplay. And I just didn't really like looking at it to be honest. I would have preferred either of those other two art styles I just mentioned be the bread and butter of the game. But again, I know that's like asking a lot. Like I you know I, I don't hold that too much against the game. Um, I just didn't. I don't know. I, I didn't love the way it looked. Uh, one thing I did think it was funny, though, is in this world, that Pico 8 version has pretty good graphics, huh? Because <laughs> it, it looks lower than the base game. But like if that's how the like that was essentially a, a probably a PS7 that, that thing was running on. Just hidden we, away in a ghost's. Yeah, we haven't even seen that yet in the real world. Like that graphic fidelity that the Pico <laughs> 8 was conveying. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, another thing, too, um, you know, I always like to, um, whether it be sour or sweet, I always just like to bring the price of a game into the discussion. Um, This game is $20 on Steam. Uh, It's on sale a good amount, though, but... um, What do you you guys think about that? Because I think that... um, I think at least for me, even if I just played the main game, I would have been happy paying $20. But my my thing with that is that I think of a lot of the extra gameplay value is sort of uh, obfuscated behind these like high difficulty optional levels that, you know, probably a lot of people probably wouldn't get that value out of it, you know, unless they use the assist mode. Yeah, I yeah. think there's... Um definitely a lot of replayability to this game so you know your first playthrough should be blind uh and there definitely needs to be like i don't think you should turn on assist mode unless you really need it 
and, and where you need it is totally up to you. Everybody's experience will be different. And as I said before, there's no shame in turning that on. It's there for a reason. Everybody should be able to enjoy this game. And I think it, the, the people who've developed this game understand that the, the primary draw is the narrative and, and, and the, the, the themes that the gameplay ties to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that would be, uh, locked behind difficulty if that was not there. So, you know, if you could only get to level four or five and the game presented a roadblock for you, then that $20 feels really difficult to justify. Um, but then, you know, if, if this game is your entirely your speed, then no, absolutely. And I think there's, you know, a lot of good, you know, for that price with this game. I think it's worth the $20. I personally got I it on sale, but I, I would have paid 20 for it because again, it's a small indie game and it's, you know, to those developers that is, I think a fair and worthy price. So with that, I, I also believe it's a very beneficial thing that they included assist mode. And, that you know, if you reach that roadblock, they're not going to tell you to get good. Uh, they'll just say, hey, there's no shame in turning on assist mode. Enjoy the game how you want to. And, um, you know, hopefully you have an enjoyable experience. And uh, through that, um, it is still replayable and uh, secrets to uncover. So uh, I feel very good about you know spending twenty dollars on an indie game to you know that money goes towards independent developers or, or small developers rather than like say activision yeah i agree uh, i also got it on sale but uh yeah i was also just going to reiterate the same point which is i think we should consider who your money's going to and twenty dollars to extremely okay games formerly matt makes games who made this game uh i think is a much wiser investment than twenty dollars to bobby kotick or whatever um so yeah i think you know even not loving the game um I feel like I got my money's worth. I, I feel very satisfied with the sale price. And like you said, Sergey, it goes on sale all the time. So if someone listening to this hasn't played it yet and is a little on the fence, um, this game has sold well enough now where I don't feel bad saying like, if you want to wait for it to go on sale, that's okay. But if you, if you, if it sounds like your jam, I think you'll definitely get $20 out of it. Yeah. And if you are that absolute platformer demon, uh, there's, there's a pretty big, uh, modding scene as well. Um, people <laughs> have created D sides to, to oh, level. No. Yeah. Look up the summit D side. If you just want some nightmare fuel, uh, <laughs> people, people do it. So there's, there's always a harder level if that is your jam <laughs> and knowing mods those are going to be pixel perfect damn near impossible yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but um, it's there if you want it <laughs> all right folks welcome to the sauce where we give our final rating of celeste uh i was thinking we rated out of strawberries what do you think michael that sounds good to me we're gonna make some strawberry pie exactly so i'll go first um Look, I'm going to do this is a first for the show and it's not something I want to make a habit of. I'm going to abstain from the rating. <gasps> oh, uh, and the reason for that is. Uh, like I said, this is objectively a good game that I did not like, <laughs> so I don't really know how I'd rate it, to be honest, because I had I, I really enjoyed talking about it right now with you both. And I actually had a really great time reading about it and reading about like. 
the like like the uh, point I made about uh, reading that article about Madeline being confirmed to be trans. I would not have seen that in the game. Um, but it, the story did resonate with me about just like mental health struggles and, and uh, you know, finding your peace with who you are. Uh, so there's a lot I think this game does very well. It was just as far as gameplay goes. Uh, I just it didn't click for me and it's not the kind of game I'm going to revisit or even finish for that matter. I did stop caring about the strawberries. If I'm being honest, that's the biggest confession I have to give. You, you know, uh, I stopped caring. I have uh, even the levels I've played. I've unless a strawberry is basically right in front of me. I don't get it. I don't care. I don't care about the pie. <laughs> I don't care about the strawberries. So I have to give it an A out of 10 strawberries because uh, I, I don't know what I, I really don't know if I was had a job where I was like reviewing video games. I think I would have to go to my editor and say someone else has to do this one. <laughs> like I just I can't. I don't know what I would say about it because I I know I'm in the minority and I think this game does deserve all the praise it gets. Uh, it's just not for me. And that's OK. I think for this game um, and, and, and for you to, for Roman, it'd definitely be one probably like watch a video, watch people play it. It's like it would be probably entertaining to, to do that. Cause you, you'll see them do insane stuff that we can't do. Um, but I, I would recommend at least just like, if you haven't finished the story, get through it with assist mode. I am doing that and I am unashamed. I will be invincible and I will <laughs> fly around like uh, a superhero to reach the summit and do the B sides and everything else. So, um, no shame there, but I think for my rating, I, I'd give this eight out of 10 strawberries. I'm going to be listening to that soundtrack for the next month or two or three. <laughs> um, it is so soundtrack fun is awesome. and it's so good. Oh my gosh. I, I, I just absolutely adore this music. Um, and I, I'm grateful to have found it because video game music is incredible. The more of it, the better full stop absolutely uh the game itself is very fun um and and it's kind of strange because i like platformers aren't my main jam though i do enjoy them and the more difficult and challenging they get usually the further away i get from them personally um but i still give this an eight out of ten um because there's you know a lot of fun design in it it is captivating and there are rooms that like kept me there for you know an hour or two just to try to get a thing and then eventually I did and and managing to overcome that challenge feels very good um and then when the challenge gets to be too much then assist mode is a nice addition i think that that balance is very well done and it allows people to you know experience the game at their leisure so i welcome that a whole lot uh, the story is very fun and i really enjoy these characters i you know, I think the thing I looked forward to most whenever I, I started up the game and and jumped into a stage was to see what's going to happen next and, you know, how they're going to interact with each other again. Um, the first interaction with Theo and Madeline was very charming and heartwarming. And those two are just good friends. I'm, I'm so happy that they're good friends and uh, that they stay in touch after the events of the game. Um so I would also, I, I'd recommend this. It's, it's a good time and 
it's kind of an easy game to play if you play with assist mode. And um, <laughs> that's a very important like modifier at the end. I was about to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but like in, in that sense, like, it, you know, if, if you're not here for like a pro gaming challenge, then it's an easy game and it has a fun story to go with it, um, which I think this, the, this, the story and the music are the two things that are what I love the most about it. And then the gameplay is fun, but then once it gets frustrating, turn on assist mode, um, you know, have your fun with the game and, uh, you know, it, it'll be a great experience. Yeah. So, so real quick, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with steam reviews, it's usually just a thumbs up recommended thumbs down, not recommended. So this game on steam has, it has 39,500 reviews and of those only 876 are negative wow. <laughs> are the thumbs down. <laughs> um, with that being said, I think that I would give this game an eight and a half. Um, and full transparency here that, that one and a half deduction is just for my point, my, my weird the articulated point about this game is this game's message conflicts with the monstrous difficulty curve of it. That's completely up for debate. I mean, Mike just brought up all those points about the assist mode. Uh, but for me, um, you know, for a game about just like acceptance and the you know importance of maintaining your mental health uh i i found myself at odds uh with those two things uh playing some of the later levels in here um because well the game wanted me to keep playing it so i wasn't gonna accept that i'm done but at the <laughs> same time i just like frustrated myself so badly and a lot of that as as you can probably tell is just kind of you know user error uh but i think that sentiment uh, rings true for a lot of people. So just just play through it, you know, um, play what you can. Just try really, really hard not to get super pissed. Um, <laughs> easier That's just good, good advice in general. Yeah. <laughs> the game will definitely, um, depending on your skill level and what you're comfortable with in a platformer, uh, the game might push you there and... Um, you know, it, it is, it is, there, there is an assist mode and I'm so glad they included that because I, I think that if, uh, if I had reached the near the summit and had to reset back to 30 meters from it, I probably wouldn't have finished the story by today. And, um, I would have, you know, less wealth of knowledge of the game and, um, and, and appreciation for the story because, oh gosh, it, it can be incredibly frustrating. Um, but very grateful to the developers for including that. And, um, it is one of the games out there that is like very challenging and potentially frustrating that I have not seen like a, a, a wealth of people say, get good when people talk about how the game is difficult. And I think that is a very good thing. Um, and gamers should try that a little bit more. Not saying get good when someone says a game is difficult for them. Um, <laughs> I think everybody would be 
a little bit more well off, probably a little happier in their day to day. If you just stop saying get good. Yeah. You know, and I can't speak concretely on this cause I didn't look into it at all, but I could just imagine the fan base that this game has cultivated is, uh, of a higher caliber, you know, like the, much more positive, much more inclusive than, uh, the get good crowd, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I would hope so. And, and the, the nature of the game, I feel like would, would definitely, you know, make that a possibility versus, you know, say dark souls or, you know, uh, any multiplayer game out there. So, um, I, I would, kind of expect that and hopefully those expectations would be reality um but then i think also in general it's just nice for gamers to realize that you know other people have different experiences and abilities and one type of game design is not everybody's bread and butter and those assist modes i i think are valid there i think more games could do that where you have a clear vision for the design of your game. It's built right into these uh, themes and uh, you know story pieces, so it's very cohesive. Um, and and I'm really kind of talking about like the Soulsborne series in an indirect way right now. Um, but I, I think I've come around on the idea that like okay, you could have an easier difficulty or. Um, you, you could, you kind of adjust things because not everybody is going to resonate with that as clearly as other people will. So having the option just means more people can play and enjoy your game. And if it's a single player experience and there's no harm, no foul. Um, so, you know, have at it with, um, challenging games. Of course, there's a sense of accomplishment. And I think that's a very good thing to have games that do challenge you. And, um, you do have a, uh, you know, thing to beat your head against when, you know, you're just trying to, you know, get to the end of the game. But then if you just want to get home after work and, and enjoy yourself, then there's an option for that too, is sometimes within the same game. I think that's a trend I'd like to see more of. Well said. Cool. Well, Unless there's anything we have to add, I think it's another hit in the can, folks. Uh, Sergey, thanks for coming back on, and thanks for the idea. Uh, I, I tell everyone who comes on the show, or anyone who happens to be listening, if they ever have ideas, to let us know. So I really appreciate you doing that. Sure thing, guys. Just happy to be back on again. You guys are, uh, guys are yeah. making it happen out here, so I'm just happy to be a part of it for an episode or two. Oh yeah, we already hear that, buddy. We're making it happen. Making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sergey, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, <clears throat> uh, I mean, follow the show most definitely if you haven't already. <laughs> um, I am a Serger Burger on uh, most socials. Um, you can. I, the last time I was on the show, I said follow the Summit Shack. Uh, it's sort of like a. DIY venue. We've been doing a lot of streaming stuff. Um, we're talking about a uh, talking about maybe in a, a DJ slash rapper showcase coming up here in a couple months. Um, I've got some I've got some videos that'll be premiering there. So yeah, follow cool. that and uh, check that out. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, until next time, folks. Thanks for listening. See you later. And I love you. Maybe that's my new thing. Maybe that's my new thing, huh? <laughs>
Bye. <laughs>